Hello and welcome to the Where We Left Off podcast. I'm your host, Austin Gall, here with my co-host, Tommy Hanlon. The two of us have been working together for more than 10 years in the music industry, from managing a DIY venue to traveling the Midwest throwing parties. We've met some pretty interesting people along the way. This podcast is dedicated to conversations with artists and road dogs we have formed friendships with and see time and time again. We pick up where we left off. Tom, this is our thirteenth episode. Can you believe that? Time has kind of just like flown from like the beginning of this year. But oh, what's dude, up yeah. with you, dude? What are you? Uh, where, where are you at right now? I'm actually in Colorado again. I'm up in uh, <laughs> Loveland, sitting in a Holiday Inn Express. Uh, yeah, I had a random gig driving some art again, and made it. Luckily, my my truck broke down like an hour outside of Loveland, so I had to deal with that today. But oh, for real? Damn. That yeah, in the rain, it was a super great moment. But other than that, great day. <laughs> I, c- I can imagine you on like the side of the road, just like putting up every c- like curse word in the book, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sailors would have been proud of me today, to you say g- the least. What, did you get a toe, or, like, did you just, like... No, I just, like, went out, let it sit for a second, and then just babied it back to the hotel. I have to go to the service place in the morning, so... Ugh. Still not fully solved, but I made it to the hotel, so I don't give a shit tonight. <laughs> Dude, you want to know what I realized this week, and, like, a, a, a true sign of getting, like, older? I had to go to the chiropractor this week. Oof, yep. Dude, so it's kind of a weird story. Like, I got, <clears throat> I got my like my second dose of the vaccine, and it, the vaccine's great. Like, I'm, I'm super stoked to have it, but like, I had a really hard time with it. And I woke up like the night after like my second dose, and I was like, I had the chills so bad that I tweaked my neck, and like, I couldn't get like the tweak to like leave. So I, I like had to. I've gone to the chiropractor twice the last week. So, you got your, adult, your neck adulthood is a, back. Adulthood has been violently pushed into like being old like i guess i turned 30 this summer so i guess i'm not that old but i was gonna say you made it to 30 without having to go to a chiropractor i had to start going at like 23 so you're doing <laughs> you're doing good man we're both destined to have really bad back problems when we get older but i digress oh, yes. well let's get into our episode for today we've got our good friend alex garcia who uh most of you know plays for a little band uh called mayday parade tommy and i met alex literally i like right before the pandemic started we invited him out to do some dj shows at a handful of our emo nights that we run here around the midwest and we had a blast with him so I thought it'd be fun to uh, invite him on to talk about Mayday Parade, living in Nashville, and just catch up with what's, uh, what's going on in Alex's life. So let's go ahead and welcome him and Alex, my friend. How are you? It's, it's, we were just talking before we got on here. It's, it's, it's been like almost a year. I guess, it's, I guess it's been over a year. It's been like a year and a half since we've seen you. So how's it, how's it going out there, man? Good. Yeah, man. Earlier, uh, just listening to y'all talk, y'all hit on so many things that I've been dealing with. So I got, I got my second dose, um, a couple of weeks ago and I, it messed me up so yeah. bad the next day. Like you said, the chills, yeah. everything I've never felt as achy, like just <laughs> everything hurt. And uh, honestly, when I woke up, cause I, I got it like at noon or so on a Sunday, Monday morning, I woke up at like 6 30 AM and I, I had could not I didn't piece it together immediately. So I was like, "What? What is going on? Like my yeah. body feels bro- like just broken. Am I dying? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And then that yeah, the whole day, I couldn't. I mean, I could barely get out of bed. What did you get, Pfizer or Moderna? I got Pfizer, and That's I don't know. I mean, I didn't. 
I know, that's like, what, you're... that's what you got too, Tommy, right? Right? Yeah, you guys are freaking me out. I haven't gotten the uh, the second dose yet. Yo, so I'm get like, the second I, dose. I get it's it fine. In like a week. No, dude, I know. it's just like everybody a said. It's like eight hours, like of like this bad shit, and then yeah. the rest dude, is like, so, yeah. I mean, know, so it's crazy. Well. So it's <laughs> like crazy. Super bad. <laughs> I got a job at like a new local venue here. Shout out Red Flag, really cool venue here in St. Louis. It's gonna be really cool once the pandemic's like over and we can get back to doing shows. But like, I got a job by like, doing security there, and like, I got my shot at like twelve thirty on like a friday afternoon and like they had a gig that night so i was like okay i'll go work the door and like do security and like everything was fine up until like 11 30 like i i got off work i was like fuck i feel fine like i'm just gonna go grab like a couple of beers and go home and order some food i like did it i woke up at 2 30 i was like whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm fucked like this is gonna be, i don't want to like scare people away from getting like no it's dose, worth though. it it's totally worth know? it yeah like it's it's better than fucking dying dude yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean or like being worried i don't know yeah because i i never got COVID over this past you know year or whatever at least not to my knowledge and um it's nice having the you know at least being rest assured that i are my chances of getting it in the future are substantially lower you know yeah and if you get it like it's <laughs> not gonna be like anything like a full like yeah shit i have COVID. you know it's right be like very mild symptoms which is like it's so reassuring. Like I'm going to a fucking baseball game tomorrow. I'm so ready to like, oh, nice. like, get, like I'm so ready to get back to life, but Same. like it's uh, yeah, my two week period is up, but let's get back to it, man. I mean, you're living in Nashville mm-hmm. now that uh, things are opening back up a bit. I mean, speaking of COVID and everything, are you finding yourself like getting back out and like catching up on like the last year that we had? Have you gone out and, and uh, yeah. visited any of your favorite spots in Nashville yet? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I certainly have. And I've been, able to do stuff like I actually was just got back from a vacation uh we a group of my friends and I we went to Tybee Island in, oh, in nice. Georgia yeah and um so yeah I've been kind of <clears throat> kind of getting back into normal life a bit I mean in Nashville it's kind of crazy because it's been like this for for a minute in fact actually the big thing today is that I don't know if, <laughs> if y'all if it's like time sensitive or whatever but May 14th uh our mayor has said that it's the mayor. He said that all there, there will be no more restrictions in Nashville. There's, yeah. They'll still have a mask mandate, right? Um, but no curfews, no uh, restrictions on limit on capacities for rooms. Yeah, right. I think yeah. it, 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 I think things are going to come back faster than like people expect. You know what I mean? Like oh, every state, every state's going to be different too. So I mean, like there's places like this weekend, like Ubi Doobie Festival, like in Texas, was like there was like a shitload of people there, you know, like yeah. Machine Gun Kelly played like a show in Florida this weekend. And like, there was a shitload yeah. of people there. So it's coming back whether you like it or not, you know, so it's yeah. might as well embrace it, you know? Yeah. I know certain States haven't been, haven't been the best with like their vaccination program. And, uh, oddly enough, Tennessee has had like as red as the state is. Um, the, I feel like the vaccine, the vaccination program has been pretty good. Although I guess it's, it also could be in part because there's a lot of people that are like, using to take it so there's right. vaccine available you know for those that do younger folks that are in good health that want it yeah and that's that's a good point me and tommy were talking about this yesterday actually like you know a lot of my friends who are promoters like in in various states around the country are just like yo i mean like the vaccine is like more than available for everyone right now you could go out tonight and get your shot you know what i mean mm-hmm. like my friends are like, Hey, like, how long do we have to wait? You know, like, I don't like people, I don't think people are really going to, I guess my point I'm trying to make is people aren't going to like go out and get it past like a certain point. If they haven't gotten it, like I, I highly doubt they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. It's you know, I was, listen, I was listening to something recently about that, though, and they were, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are, in fact, a lot of people that I know say that are, they've either had COVID, but had it like at the beginning sure. or ha haven't gotten it, but are also like, well, I'm in good health. I don't really need to get it. They're, they're not like, oh, it's, there's, they're going to put it, the government's about to put a microchip in me. They're, they're not like that, but they're yeah. more like, I don't need it. And right. it's kind of the, the hard part now, I think the government is going to have is convincing those kinds of people, younger folks that are in good health that, that now, you know, to get herd immunity or to, to really yeah. protect the whole country against it. Uh, th that, yeah. then even, even still you have international stuff, which, you know, the U S is pretty far ahead, but yeah, know. I mean, places like Brazil and like India. I mean, yeah. in, I think India is like, it's frightening to look at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel really bad. Like, you know, for, for, I feel bad for everybody having to deal with this, but like countries who are like right now are like catching on with like all of these <laughs> crazy variants that are spreading at like crazy rates. And like, yeah. yeah, you're totally right. Like, international touring, like full international touring. Like, I can't imagine that coming back anytime in the next like year or two. You know, like, I, I really don't know. I mean, we have. We have some stuff booked overseas. Uh, yeah, I think like places like Europe probably would be fine, and like I think like Australia. I mean, it, yeah, it's, we'll it's, see. Really, it's really just a toss-up. You know? Well, what's crazy? I'm sure we all, you know, I'm sure you have friends in Australia as well but that that you've spoken to. That uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he's from the U.S. but he moved up there a couple of years ago, and they were out. They had kind of had everything sorted. Oh, like months and months and months yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And he was sending, like, I'd see him post pictures of like him at a show or something. But he would tell me that they have like, <laughs> that they would have a, a COVID marshal, which is smart. Like each establishment would have what's called a COVID marshal, which is someone that, you know, if you're out, like, up out of your seat or whatever, being rowdy or like kind of not, yeah. not abiding by the rules, they're going to, kind of holler at you you know yeah uh, which is yeah. which is i don't know i just can't see it like 2 a.m at a bar or something right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just... dude we had trouble enough at the comedy club getting like drunk assholes to stay like in their seats when like right. COVID wasn't a thing i, I can't imagine yeah like a concert and, setting <laughs> and i just imagine like some guy in, in a weird like white you know like marching band outfit with lapels, <laughs> you know, and like an armband COVID marshal. Like a whistle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, with That's a whistle, right. A flashlight. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, and like a goofy hat of some sort. I just can't, that's all I can picture when, when I hear COVID marshal. Dude, I guess if we if have I, a COVID marshal, we'll, we'll, we'll do him up for you. Yeah, dude. I, I, I bet so, we can yeah. go to the Goodwill and find like a really like gnarly outfit for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I guess, like, to get some entertainment in me, I probably would, like, accept, like, a COVID oh, marshal at this point. <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah, I joke, but, I mean, that's awesome. Great, good for them. Like, that, if they could figure, figure out that out and kind of be ahead of the, uh, you know, have things open and running normal, good for yeah, them. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. Well, Alex, let's dive in. I want to learn more about you, man. I, I mean, like, sure. we've hung out, like, a couple times, and it's been really good to, like, do these email nights with you, but I feel like we've never really got to sit down and, like, have a conversation before, so I'm really yeah. excited to kind of dig in, but I've been a fan of your band for a long time. A Lesson of Romantics, <laughs> A Lesson in Romantics was a huge album for me and my friends back in high school, and I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed watching you guys grow since then. I mean, that said, I'd love to hear about how you guys came up and got your start, and 
I mean, so let's start with that. I mean, yeah, Tallahassee, yeah. Florida, you guys came up around like the same time of like a, a ton of bands that I loved from Florida and like in that area, you know, a day to remember mm-hmm. <laughs> under oath, like really, really great stuff. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, three of those bands uh, were the ones that came to my mind when I thought about Florida. But I mean, what was it like growing up like in the music scene in Tallahassee? Well, oddly enough, I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know, from my perspective, it's changed so much, Tallahassee has. But when I, when I was younger and we were first coming up, there was actually a pretty vibrant scene of local kids. And, you know, part of Tallahassee is that there's two major universities. So there's always going to be in the music school, at least at Florida State, I'm sure at PMU it's pretty great too. But, sure. uh, you know, there's a, there's a good, good music school there that from, you know, people from South Florida or wherever they come up and they study guitar or what have you. But it, I'm talking, this is all local kids that went to high school together. Uh, there was a pretty vibrant scene of music and kind of it, it all, at least I, I got introduced to it uh, through Jeremy, our bassist. We were best friends, grew up in, or went to high school together. He, he kind of introduced me to Derek and Brooks um, and their band. They were in a band called Defining Moment. They practiced at this this warehouse that was literally behind a homeless shelter in Tallahassee. And there were four bay, four or five bays in this warehouse. And within each bay, essentially, all these different bands would practice. Pretty much any any local band that was that actually like played out, played right. venues in town, practiced all together in these these warehouses and these bays. So the music scene was just very tight knit, and it, it wasn't all like pop punk either. It wasn't all emo or whatever. It was like metal and. You know, a, a lot of there was actually in, in North Florida, at least, and you can I think Red Jumpsuit Apparatus is a good example of this. Yeah, it's actually sure. kind of more like, I, I, you know, um, modern rock, kind of like Seether-esque kind of scene that or like Creed, Creed's from Tallahassee, you know, like. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to say Creed is from Tallahassee. I read yeah. that today. I was like. I, I'm so curious if you have a funny Creed story, because if you did, that, oh, would, like, liter- that would literally make my No, head. not really. I mean, I, I, I wish. I, I mean, the, uh, no, not really. I wish I did. I've seen Scott Sapp <laughs> in person, like, but at, at yeah, like, right. uh, but not, not a. Uh, right. The, Dude, the, I've got a guest that has some Scott Sapp stories. He was oh. a sound guy for a little while, so. Oh, we nice. So we can, just leave, yeah, we can just leave that stories. on for another podcast. Episode. Another podcast. I, from what I've heard, there are plenty of stories to be had. Dude, I've um, heard a few too. It's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> but, you know, and, and Tallahassee at least, that, well, to be honest, you know, honest, that was like the, you know, that's the big big time, right? I mean, yeah. and they, they, the venue that they kind of played at a lot was you know, a pretty popular rock club in Tallahassee. And that was kind of like a benchmark. Like if we could play here, you know, if we get a headline here at this venue, it's called um, Floyd's. If we get headline at Floyd's, that was going to be a big thing. I, 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 I saw my, you know, um, all American rejects there, bands like that. Uh, when they were coming up off of like swing, swing and that kind of era. All yeah, American rejects. A, like the arguably the best era of yeah American oh yeah <laughs> that, so, that album was really good yeah oh so yeah that i mean that was probably that was a huge influence uh for, for all of us that's yeah musical. for sure uh but yeah anyway so so there was just a tight-knit scene and through them i met jake and jason jason being our old, older sixth member um 
And I joined a band with them. And there was, so there's Defining Moment with Derek Brooks and, and Jeremy and two other guys. And then the, a band called The Last Try with me, Jake, and Jason and, and two other yeah. guys. And we kind of, we would, we would play shows together. We kind of, we were all like very close, close friends. Cause we, I mean, we did play pretty similar music. Our last try was more, I'd say a lot more rock, right. uh, rock leaning and defining moment was way more like pop punk, you sure. know? Um, so would you kind of describe it as like two, like super local bands, like just fusing together? Well, that's what the thing happened is that, so they always felt that J especially between Jake and Jason, that the songwriting chemistry that those two had was so, so good. And I mean, the songs that they would write were, were awesome. Right. And Defi whereas Defining Moment, their songs were great, but their strength, they would, they actually toured. They would go out, they would go as far as like to San Antonio or up to New York City or something, or even Maine, I think. They, they'd go, they, they would venture pretty far booking their own shows. You, you know, they own their own van, they press their own uh, CDs or EPs, they, pre they printed their own shirts. So it was all they, they had such a strong DIY um, aspect to their band that it was clearly clear that that was such a good business. You know, we, we admired that wanted to that's what Jake Jason and I wanted to do. We wanted to just be out on the road and like actually do this as a career or at least as as take it as far as we possibly could. And we saw these people doing it from, you know, that we played shows with. Them. So, yeah. So we literally did. We kind of you know secretly um can, you know talked and and made a made a deal that we we're going to break up both of these bands and form literally we called it a super group of the six of us and uh yeah what we when we did it was big doings and local drama was it was intense there were there was sides you know drawn because because a lot of people love these individual bands and sure you know, us all breaking it up, people were pissed. People were like really pissed. And so once the dust settled though, like you guys have been at that for like 15 years now. <laughs> and that's pretty impressive saying that you had really no member turnover other than like the original drummer quitting, right? So J Jason, well, he was this, our singer, our singer uh, slash guitar. He, he played guitar. He was a third guitarist and he also sang as well. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty rare this day and age though. Like, Talk about like the chemistry you guys have to be able to keep this going for 15 years and, and you know, like create the yeah. catalog you've created since then. I think, I think honestly, that's kind of one of the biggest strengths of the band is that we've, we've been able to, I don't know, like you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen when you, when you're around a band or like any type knit group of people, uh, they kind of like a culture is kind of formed. You know what I mean? Where yeah, absolutely certain things are acceptable, certain things are not. And if some, someone, for better or worse, if someone steps outside of that, that boundary, they get shit on or like they, you know, they, yeah. they're, or they're like cast out, you know? Yeah. So right. sent to the Island. Right. <laughs> out, right. And I think that's, that's kind of what happened with us where throughout time, we just, we just, we just cultivated a culture of, you know, we put trying to put the business first and look at it as, you know, as obviously as an art, you know, we're creating something that we're passionate about, but we also understand that it is a business and that we're, 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 all, we're from the get go. It was, we're all serious about this. Like if you're not on board, then you, you know, you can't be here. 
yeah there's no there's no room yeah if you can get buy-in like that from like every one of your band members like it's such a you know like i'm assuming you guys like are like brothers you know what i mean it's not really like you're like you're not out with like you know with like the hired guns i mean you're out with like your family i bet i bet that makes it like 10 times easier it does and the other thing i'll say too that we did from the very beginning which is something that a lot of bands don't i don't think i can think of very many that don't and it's still i don't know i'm i'm still torn on the on the benefits and the drawbacks of it but we operate as as a complete and total democracy where everyone has an equal vote and whatever and anything that happens you know what i mean and everyone you know not to disclose too much, but we all make the same amount of money. We all, we all have an equal stake in what's happening. And I've seen so, I think what happens so often with bands is that they don't have that. There's one member and for, for sometimes for good reasons, if there's a sole songwriter, a sole, like, you you know, front person or whatever, a representative of the band that is doing all the legwork, you know, that's their own, that's their own setup, whatever. But I've seen that happen, that play out, and inevitably, no matter how like this you can possibly possibly be, resent resentments build, and it's sure. very it's hard to hard to move past that. Um, yeah, when, when everybody has like an equal stake and like an equal like playing field, like everybody's more vested. You know what I mean? Because nobody's making more than anybody else. Everybody's getting like an absolute fair share. You know, like. I imagine it's a lot easier to operate like that. And, you know, you guys are thriving because of it, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are, you guys are, you guys have been kicking ass for like 15 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's being vested. And then it's also, it's also being, being felt that you're, you're, uh, you're respected. Sure. And that you have, you, you, you know, that your, your ego is not being constantly trampled on uh, by, or, you, you know, that your voice is being heard at least. And, yeah. I think that's really important. Uh, like I said, I, I've seen so many bands where there's so many conflicts and it stems from so, a member being like, no one listens to me. Like I have no, no say in this. I'm just kind of like along for the ride and what happens happens. And I guess that's the way it is. And of course you're not going to be famous moment of you're just the other blurry guy. Right. That, it really is like that. Guys. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, all that being said, I think we all understand that we all, especially at this point, we have roles and we've kind of set up little fiefdoms for each other, you know, of, of someone, you know, there are people that are, have their strengths and kind of responsibilities with certain things. And, but I think it's, it's all mutual. And at the end of the day, we respect each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude, it's crazy. Having you on the show is like kind of like a full circle moment for me because like I have this really faint memory and you're gonna have to help me flesh it out here a little bit. Oh, happily. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember a Warp Tour in 2006 or 2007. I, I remember you guys were like roaming the line of like Warp Tour, like mm-hmm. selling your debut EP, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy to see you like where you are now because I remember seeing you and like like grinding like you talk about like that diy style effort that you guys have yeah like when i saw you guys do that i was like that band's got it (laughs) you know what i mean like i mean me and tommy like kind of come from like the diy like you know hardcore like metalcore like background you know what i mean so like i like 
I saw that in you guys, and it's crazy. I still have that CD. I bought one from you guys. I was like, I appreciate, I, like, I, I respect the hustle, dude. Like, I'll buy one, and like, I ended up loving the CD. I have it downstairs in a box somewhere. But like, was it? it which Warped Tour was it? Dude, was I don't it know. Was... Like, uh, it had, Kansas City it had to been Kansas City. Oh, Bonner, okay, Bonner, Bonner Springs. Bonner, yeah, Bronner Springs. Dude, I remember that day. I remember that day in 2006. I, I, I remember waking up. We parked right out at the top of that hill. And not knowing anything about the venue or, or whatever. Um, and I think maybe I want to say, I don't know. In my mind, I felt like I, whoever drove there, it was like, it was the worst setup. Oh yeah. There's it's, only it's, ter- a- it's terrible. It's down like a, it's first off, it's not really in Kansas city. It's like a suburb of Kansas city uh-huh. and it's like out in like an entertainment district. So it's like, it's like 45 minutes outside of the city, but like you go down like a country road and then like up like a really twisty road and like, dude, getting up there is like, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how they, they funnel like thousands of people up there like every summer. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Well, I, I remember going there and the way that we would do it, it was the, whoever was driving the last shift, like whoever would pull into the venue because we drove. So we had our van and trailer and we would all, you, you, we drove ourselves there. Right. Um, so whoever drove got so shafted because you couldn't sleep. You couldn't have a place to sleep in the van. So you had to, everyone kind of developed their own system. So like I, sometimes I would sleep on top of the van. Some yeah. people would sleep in the trailer so, uh, but that day, I think I want to say that I drove because I remember waking up like I, was, I just set up my sleeping bag or whatever right outside of the, the van. Right. And I remember the we parked right where the line was. Right. So it was like literally that day I remember waking up and being like, all right, I guess you got to start selling CDs. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> you know, like, come, you know, gain consciousness and pick out the Walkman because there's a Walkman at the time. Right. Hey, check this out. <laughs> you know, dude. Like, so were you guys actually playing the show, or were you just like, no, selling, no, no, we just grinding it in the parking lot selling CDs. Okay, just we to, played one just show. to give that context to, yeah. to people listening, <laughs> just how much of a grind you weren't on the Warp Tour, which no. is also a grind. You were following the Warp Tour, which right? We were not more of a fucking grind. Yeah, that's yeah. insane, dude. Well, it's it's crazy, dude, because that takes a, a tremendous amount of effort to like wake up every like. I don't think people understand like after like sleeping a night in the van like i i want to kill myself you know what i mean like no it's, it's not fucking, you're not wrong like it's but bad dude like it's thing, not like a glorious lifestyle like following like doing warp tour is well, like, like it's like a whole fucking thing in itself but following it in the van and not getting paid to do it is like the dude, definition of like ins- <laughs> dedication time, though, and insanity <laughs> at that time though it was like the most glorious thing because i was 19 you know and like being oh, 19 like I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't even legally drink. So it's like, I don't know, just the opportunities, like the, yeah. Fuck yeah. just everything was was cool. And, and the other thing was that uh, I just I dropped out of school, out of college. Uh, I had quit my shitty job, and so to me it was like this is such a, I don't know, like a totally life changing thing. And it was just a fun you know you're with your best yeah. friends and, and you have a purpose too you're you're and every day every cd soul you can see like oh shit okay i'm help i'm I, i'm progressing in this way and building guys, building something did you guys sell a shitload of cds that summer we sold eleven thousand cds <laughs> and right and well it was great i mean that was that honestly helped pay off our van 
it helped pay for the CDs that we we sold. Dude, it's a fucking miraculously like brilliant marketing effort. You know what I mean? Like it's well, crazy. That's what I was talking about with the defining moment thing. That's what they did. Literally, Derek Brooks and Tabby they did that the the previous year in two thousand five with their with defining moment, and that's what that's what they essentially when we formed Mayday Parade. It's like, look, we're gonna do that. We're if we're gonna form, we formed this this band in November. We, we quickly wrote and recorded that five, that I think it's six songs. I can't remember off the yeah. that EP, Tales Told right. by Their Friends. We recorded that album or that EP, printed it ourselves, printed it, printed a couple shirts. Um, and then it was like, we're going on the next Warped Tour, 2006 Warped Tour, and we'll, we'll, we're just going to follow it around, try and sneak into the venue when we can and sell, and sell you know. Were you able to Were you able to sneak in some days and just yeah like, oh, oh, oh yeah so oh yeah that's, dude that's what crazy was the man. first year that you actually got to play a warp tour well so we did we 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 won the battle of the bands thing Ernie Ball baby yes yeah, in two thousand six so and that was honestly so we we're talking about like grueling and grinding and all this that was the worst easily the worst day was having to sell drive to Jacksonville because I, I I think we're coming from up north. Yeah. So, so drive to Jacksonville, uh, wake up, sell CDs. Cause it's like, still, we, we got to hustle here yeah, and sure. then, and load in all of our gear that we had to drag around the, all the, the whole country play like a, the worst time slot ever <laughs> and, and <laughs> drag our, our equipment all the way back and play, you know, play essentially to a couple people and our friends, you know, drag all our equipment back, load it in and then go back and sell it, sell CDs again. So it was like literally no, there's no rest, no break. That that was the one of the worst days of the whole whole damn. Cartel played. Cartel played that stage that summer, didn't they? They headlined it, right? Yeah, it was one. Of, I think it was that day, that yeah. that year. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was a huge Cartel stand back in the day, so like I, that really sticks out in my memory. Oh, like, so were we? Still, yeah, still dude, are. Oh, totally. Yeah, one of my like to this day like. Some of their later albums got a little weird, but like they're still like so fucking good. Like it's just like a whole new right. feel for their band. Like the whole like MTV era of that band was like <laughs> it was so wild. Yeah, the whole bubble thing. I'd love to have one of them on sometime to talk about that. You should. I, I I'm gonna. So Kevin Kevin's a good pal of mine. I saw him Sunday, and then uh, Will. I, I in fact today I was supposed to get golfing lessons from Will. Uh, oh really? Back. Yeah. <laughs> Did I know there? We uh. So the um. The production uh, company that we work for out of Dallas actually is is like fifty percent like uh, owner in Furnace Fest, and I know they're playing Furnace Fest. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm really excited to go. I'm really I haven't seen Cartel I think since that summer of 2006. So it's been a long fucking time. Yeah, they're great. They're they're great, and they'll be all, they're always so good live. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so we, we mentioned uh, a lesson in romantics at the top of this episode, and I kind of want to go mm -hmm. back to talk about that record for a minute, you know, as we kind of progress in this journey of learning more about you. But, you know, because it's such an important record. It's one of those, like, genre-defining records, you know, in, like, emo and, like, pop punk, in my mm -hmm. opinion. You know, I remember I saw you guys on that tour with uh, Emery, As Cities Burn, and, like, Pierce the Veil, I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thinking to myself, like, man, was, like, yeah. this band, like, I, I it's kind of crazy to, like, look at, like, the points in time when, like, I saw you guys, because, like, I met you guys, like at like warp tour and like the line and now you're like playing like this show and like everybody in the crowd is like obviously there for you and like i mean but the band like just blew up i mean what was it like doing that record cycle because like i said it's an important record cycle for you guys i mean it pushed you into a signing with a major label i mean you signed with atlantic records in 2009 correct 
Yeah, so so we were initially signed to Fearless. Uh, we signed with them. We actually did a showcase for them on that Warp Tour that we sold CDs. Um, we did a showcase for them on an off day, and then and then we met with them while we were out there. Um, and then uh, in like yeah, in fall, early fall, late summer of two thousand six, we signed with with uh, with Fearless. Uh, and then yeah, then we went into the studio, recorded Lesson Romantics um, at the top of 2007. And yeah, it was, uh, recording it was quick, cheap, um, just, we kind of busted out, all six of us lived together. God, this is another one of those. We just ate so much shit. We all, six of us <laughs> lived together in a hotel room. Uh, but still, but none of us seem to like think about it or be like, this is weird. You know, like yeah, it was right. just kind of, we just finished, finished the day and walk, go home and watch Talladega Nights for the 15th time or something. Dude. Yes. <laughs> that dude. that. I mean, back in like 2000 and like, that was like 2007, right? Yeah. 2007. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like you didn't have like streaming services or anything like that. So uh, you were like at the mercy of whatever's at the hotel. Like, well, I think somebody had like the DVD. Yeah. You know, right. Like, shit, like, you, had, like, a pack, you had like a pack of DVDs that you carried around with you. Yeah. No joke. I think that's, that's what we, somebody hooked up like a PlayStation. I don't even know. I, I just remember that was like a big deal. Like we were all just quoting Talladega yeah. Nights nonstop. Oh, uh, dude, everybody was that summer. That movie yeah. was fucking hilarious. God. Um, but yeah, so we recorded it and it went, it, you know, at the time it just, everything kind of felt like it flowed and felt really good. And then we, pretty soon after that, we we went on tour with Plain White Tees because they were signed with Fearless as well. And that was kind of like their, Fearless's Fuel by Ramen play where they were kind of like, you know, let's do the coattails thing. We'll have, we have Play My Tees, we'll set up Mayday Parade to kind of be, ride that coattail and, and kind of get, the, I mean, saying it was our the biggest tour that we, we had done to date. Uh, and we only did half of it. And yeah, it was like fucking crazy playing and to us playing in front of, you know, thousands of people or at least 1,500 people say. And that was amazing. Yeah. Um, Would that have been the plain white tees summer that they did that outdoor show at Memorial? Wouldn't that have been like oh seven or no, uh, I think it was a different year. Uh, well, this is this is winter. It was like uh, I remember we drove we drove from Tallahassee, played two shows in Tifton, Georgia, which is South Georgia, and then drove from Tifton to met, meet, start the tour in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I think right. actually. Yeah, that's a hike. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a bitch of a drive, man. <laughs> Holy shit! But I think it was in Tennessee that we hit snow, oh, and God. all of us were like, oh, "I mean, we had seen we had seen snow, but like <laughs> it was still like, oh, you know, we're Floridians, like what the hell?" And yeah. yeah, and actually that night, the first night of the tour in Green Bay, Derek, our singer, him and I were walking from the van or something to to stage outside. Derek as the you know, Floridian had his both hands in his pockets, slipped slipped on ice, fell, busted his head. Oh my god! He, he, he got a concussion. He still played the show. We still I was gonna I was gonna say, did he play the show? <laughs> he still played the show, and he'll he'll tell it where after right after we get off stage, he he comes off stage to try and go to the bathroom because he has to throw up, and like fans, or like people are like you know trying to come up and talk to him. And he's like trying to hold it together so he can. 
go yeah. throw up whatever you know he, uh, he was so he was so messed up and later on we had to we had to take him to the hospital actually yeah. and, and, <laughs> I, was like, I was gonna say like holy shit take that man to the hospital <laughs> yeah he, he made it he was, it was oh funny. that's fucking hilarious Right, I guess so, it's not funny, but it's a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward to present day, you guys aren't on a major label anymore. Can you talk about that divorce? Yeah, so we, we actually, let's see, where to, where to start. So we, um, we recorded our second album with Atlantic. Uh, the, the whole recording process and everything was very, was very um, what's the word? It was very fraught. And it wasn't a pleasant experience at all. Uh, we didn't like what we what the album at all. Uh, I know a lot of our fans disagree with that, but we we just did not like that album. And and a lot of it, I guarantee you, is because of the the whole experience. And anyway, so we were just very bummed out. And then even the rollout, Atlantic seemed to kind of just fumble on so many things, so many promises that they had made. And it just, at, the, at a certain point, it felt like they were not, they just did not give a shit about us at, at, we, at any point or, or eventually. So we approached them and we're like, look, we'd like to be released from the, from the contract if you, if you can do that. And actually to their credit, they were, they were like, yeah, that's fine. We can, we'll release you. However. Rare. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, that's why I say to their credit, like they were, it was kind of astonishing that they, they were cool about it. I think at the time our manager had a pretty, pretty good relationship with them. So I think that that kind of helped it. Yeah. Um, so we, unfortunately though, Oh, that, that, right. Sorry. I'm, I'm, this is bringing up memories here. So we were in the middle of recording our self title. That's what happened. We were in the middle of recording our self titled. We had sent shown Atlantic the music and they just were not feeling it. So so, and that was kind of part of why they were willing to let us go. However, yeah. Warner Brothers, we still had to basically a label within Warner Brothers had the first first writer refusal for us. So uh, an independent, well, kind of an auxiliary label within yeah within the, that umbrella called ILG, independent label group. They picked us up, so they released self-titled. They were staffed by maybe like six people or so at the time. And while they were, the people were really great, they just didn't have the resources really. Yeah, to kind of support like a band of your size, right? Yeah, so, um, but long story short, short, after all that, we eventually signed back with Fearless and then with um, Rise. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like a, a, a record label that I grew up loving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I still mm -hmm. love to this day. But I mean, what do you think the biggest differences between being on a major label and being an independent label is? I mean, we don't get a lot of people on this podcast that have been signed to a major label. I think we've maybe mm -hmm. had one and we didn't really even talk about it. But I mean, what, in your opinion, what are like the biggest differences between being on like a major and like an independent label? That's a good question. I think the biggest thing is. And, and honestly, this is with anything within the music industry, what any, a manager, whoever, booking agent, it's really about resources and what, and what with, with a major label, the hope is, is that you now have a pool of, of all these resources that you can kind of, kind of work within. With independent labels, like I said, a lot of times they're staffed maybe six to 15 people or so, 15 on the big, on the higher end. Yeah. They, they, a lot of times, 
I mean, th things are a little bit different now, though, because most independent label has a larger, you know, major label backer. Sure. Right. So so they can they can still kind of access, you know, a radio department that has widespread reach, you know. Yeah. Um, but the hope is, is that you have like a, a, a lot of backing to push your your music and you know also more often than not when a major label signs you the hope is is that they're willing to put in a lot of money to, sure. to, to push your your music to to get it i guess now you know more about playlisting and and because back in the day you know it was all about radio but i mean and that still is a huge aspect of it but um money helps i mean money, honestly i i I think from that whole experience, I realized how it's it's really just money. Like if you throw enough money at something with the music industry, it'll at least break. It'll at least like have an opportunity, and that's when if it ha if it's worth a shit, if it is like some you know decent quality or people want to hear it, then it can stick and hopefully help. Sure. But the the other the the problem though is that at any point, and this is kind of part of our experience with Atlantic, at any point. If there's someone say in the radio department that's like, I don't really feel it, you know, that's yeah, yeah, that that's someone that's that you have now you have to overcome that and a it, major it, a major roadblock, <laughs> right? A huge yeah. roadblock within a, a pretty substantial department or at, at any at any point you can yeah. have, there's so many people that can be like, mm, or, or if you don't wow them, you know, personally or whatever. I, I feel like we're not no individual member of Mayday Parade is very there's no like, you know, star of the show that's like going to be, you know, like, hey, what's going on? You know, right, like, like right, such right. a have that kind of thing. And I, I could feel that when we go into those offices where they're kind of like, where's that person? Where's the where's that like? Right. Who's the front man? Yeah. <laughs> and none of us are really like that. We're all just like, hey, how's it going? You know, yeah, like not. Right, right. Which also, I think, kind of goes back to. A strength, I think, for us, at least interpersonally, is that we're, we're not fake to each other. We're real people to each other, you know. Right, yeah. Well, I want to talk about Sunnyland, your most recent album. You know, I want to talk about the writing process for you guys and what it's been like, you know, these days now that you're, you've been a band for more than 15 years. I mean, the album's great, by the way, but how has the, the creative process changed for you guys over time, specifically on this record? I mean, you guys worked with one of mine and Tommy's <laughs> favorite producers in Howard Benson. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's produced, you know, stuff like <laughs> My Chemical Romance, like their yeah. best record, Kelly Clarkson, Three Days Grace. He's got a really diverse catalog. So, mm -hmm. I mean, what was it like working with him and what was like the creative process like for that album? Yeah, so we had uh, we had a bunch of songs, and I think so. And we had worked with Zach and Ken, the guys in Atlanta that that they did a lesson romantics, our self titled Monsters in the Closet, um, and yeah, we we knew that we wanted to record. We just done Black Lines with um, uh, yeah, his name now completely escapes me. Uh, anyway, we we just done Black Lines with a different producer. And so we need, so we wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to work, have an opportunity to work with um, a bunch of new guys, you know, new, new people and hopefully have a lot of success. And, it, you know, David, um, Howard Benson was, was a huge name to us because of, you know, uh, starting line and for me, Vendetta Red and all the bands that you'd mentioned. 
Yeah. And then uh, we also work with John Feldman, who is, you know, five seconds of summer. And I mean, pretty much every, every relevant band. Feldy's we were a... just about to bring him up. Yeah. What yeah. was it like yeah. working with him as well? Like absolute legend. Yeah. Yeah. Feldy's I mean, it's fucking Jesus Christ. Dude, he's per- like, I can't even, it's, his catalog is nuts. You know what I mean? Like between like the used and like yeah, all the shit that insane. he does for Goldfinger. He's so versatile. I mean, I think he did like a, we had George Schmitz from Stick to Your Guns on the podcast a while ago too, and he did like their latest record. Like he's mm-hmm. so diverse. It's crazy. I love it. It's like it's it, he's got so many different angles and like he brings so much to the table in terms of like songwriting and everything like that. But oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, then that's what it, that's his that was his kind of forte or at least his his agenda, so to speak, was that he wanted to. It was all just about writing and making music. I mean, we probably recorded twelve songs within that time, within a week. Which was in, it's insane for yeah, us. That's 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 crazy. That's a crazy number of songs. <laughs> like now, <laughs> granted, we only used I think maybe three or so of those songs, and they were all songs that that were written beforehand. Um, because the songs, because that that was the other thing is that he he was very, and I mean it, it works. It works for for him and for a lot of the bands that he works with, but it, it's very, uh, I don't know, it just was not our style. Sure. And I, 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 and uh, but at the same time, I think we all kind of saw how he works, how he works, John Feldman works, where it's just so fast, and it's all about, it, I don't know, it's, it's kind of, it was honestly awesome to me because I feel like I get so annoyed when we're kind of re- going over the same stuff, like nitpicking minutia that that doesn't really, I think it does, there is value in that. But I think it's it's you lose all you also overthink things yeah. and you start to just it's not about I don't know a, a lot of times quantity really does make make for good quality or at least you can pick from it you sure, have right. a batch and you can kind of like hone in on on a whatever. So what you're telling me is you guys have a bunch of songs that you produce with John Feldman that are just well, chilling in like a Dropbox file somewhere. Well, that's that's the. Uh, <laughs> That, now, whether we have access to that or not, that's the whole. Other... Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, so um, Howard Benson though was was kind of the exact opposite. We took about two weeks to record three songs, and only three songs, and it was a very uh, meticulous process, um, which was fine, and we we kind of. Uh, we, yeah, we took our time and we we all lived together in this kind of in the studio in the house ha- in the house or whatever. And there was a bit, there was other writers and other sessions happening at the same time. It was kind of it was a cool cool little experience to to have that. And this is all in L.A. or outside of L.A., uh, which is very different for us. Like Jake Jake lives there, our drummer lives there, but for the rest of us, we're kind of used to at least recording in Atlanta. Right. But then, then the bulk of Sunnyland we recorded with Zach and Kenneth in Atlanta, and that was kind of like, all right, we're very comfortable with them. We can we kind of tested our limits with you know working with these big name producers and kind of there and you know everyone has an ego to some extent, but you know they're they're these guys they're they're immensely talented, you know and right. justifiably they have they they have their characters they have you know there's yeah quirks and 
you know, they're, Hey man, we're all, we're all, we're all creatives here. So I think we all kind of know what that means. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. And I mean, like, like it comes along least, with a level of like unstability. <laughs> with At least at Howard Vincent's you're, well, I mean, same with John Feldman. I mean, it's all the same thing. Like you're walking yeah. down just to go to the bathroom and from, you know, floor to ceiling, it's just plaques platinum, of like your, record, yeah, record, of your record. favorite <laughs> records. And you're like, Oh shit, they did that. Like, uh, ho- holy crap. Like that. I, totally forgot that they made this album and you find that to be intimidating oh that's what i'm saying is that it's yeah. it's like you know it, You're like walking in the halls of the gods and, <laughs> you, you know, know just to take a piss man like <laughs> the, the strength i think is that you know at the end at, at least at that point because that's kind of what happened to us on our second album is that we worked with david bendith who had just done riot done paramore's riot and so we're we were all like you know, oh shit! Like, like whatever yeah. he says is is gospel. Like this is, you right. know, that this is. We have no clout. We have no. I mean, how could you? I mean, how could you disagree? I mean, that album was. Sure. Like, I, oh, I, well, I, I know. I would have but, been like praising the ground that he would like he was walking on. You know, like that album. Well, that's that how, album's you know, so far above anything and like anything that. Oh, it's, it's it's so it's, good. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And I mean, where, but whereas with Sunnyland, while we were working with, you know, people that we, all of us admired deeply, we're also understand, at least, you know, we could understand like, well, we're here for a reason. And if this doesn't go well, we'll be fine. We can go back to, we can, we still have a fan base. We still, you know, we still live the way that we live and, are, are okay like this isn't uh, this isn't like make it or break it you know this is a make or break kind of like this is the career whereas with our second album if it really felt and this was right after jason had left as well so we we're kind of we all kind of felt felt at a loss in terms of direction and everything and writing sure. um so it, it really did feel like this could be it and if we don't if on one hand it was like literally like this could be we could be the next paramour we could be playing insane shows or we could just it could bomb completely and we could fail so it felt like we were on a very thin tightrope there you know sure. yeah so what are you guys up to currently prior to the pandemic you guys were just wrapping up the sunny land uh release cycle mm-hmm. like everyone you guys are reannouncing tons of shows and getting hopefully ready to play at least a show or two before the end of the year are you excited for that like what what are you guys up to right now yeah so we're we're just now finishing up uh, new material. I think I can say that. Oh, dope. Uh, cool. Uh, but we're, we're finishing up new material. I th- yeah, I can. I posted things to us in the studio. Oh, sick. Uh, <laughs> well, that's dope. Um, yeah, so we're doing that. And then we have Furnace Fest and we have... Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, you guys are fucking playing. I totally forgot. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I'll see you that weekend. Oh, yeah. fucking sweet. Dude, I'm so jealous of everyone playing that. Like, are you gonna be? Set, are you gonna be? Yeah, gone? I'm gonna be somewhere else. I'm gonna try and fly in for at least like one day if you I should. Can, but yeah, it, it's gonna be. It's crazy how many people I've talked to that are like, that aren't like, oh, that'll be cool. They're like, I'm coming to that. Like, I'm. Yeah, I will no. be there. If well, it now, weren't for grandson playing a show, I would be there. I was like, Mike, what the fuck? Book us on that. Come on, everybody else. Is <laughs> <laughs> have, have you toured with grandson a lot? uh for like a year uh okay. prior to the pandemic yeah our, our one of our old merch guys jesse freeman was with um oh yeah nothing he was nowhere nothing nowhere yeah yeah, yeah yeah he's awesome love jesse yeah. was he was he with Nebraska you guys as well yeah. was he with you guys tom 
No, he was with Nothing Nowhere. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's from Lincoln. Yeah, he's a homie. Yeah, yeah. He's a good. Dude. I came to that um, the the show that y'all had in Nashville, the or the cannery. Dude, yeah, I I like feel like I remember that, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so much going on. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so we have that, and then I think we're gonna try and do. We'll see. We we got some things in the works. Nothing, nothing like totally hammered out, but yeah. um. We'll be definitely, hopefully, being able to do a bunch of stuff. And then certainly in 2022, we're going to be absolutely touring and yeah, doing for a bunch sure. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard for, I look at it like twofold. Like, I know like bands are having a hard time like trying to get out at like the, you know, I mean, like nobody really knows what's going to, what the fall is going to look like. If like things may, right. things are looking like it's probably going to happen, but like there's so much uncertainty. I understand why a lot of people are just saying like, fuck it. We're just going to wait for you know, 2022. But like, you know, the other part is like, I know there's going to be a huge gap for like local bands to really like take off and like kind of take the reins here for like a minute. And like, you know, I think local music is going to be really cool for like the next like couple months, like as things slowly come back and then like, we'll have like emo night come back and then like shows will be fully back. I mean, festivals are going to happen this summer, you know? So like, it's gonna be a it's gonna be kind of a, a whirlwind here the next <laughs> the next couple months. But I mean, anything new for you over the quarantine period? I mean, how have you been keeping busy? I know Mayday has done like maybe one live stream, if I'm not mistaken. I know you guys have one planned for Mayday, which is May first, which is mm-hmm. a lovely play on that day. I think that it's it's so great for your guys' brand. But what are you guys? Uh, I mean, what are you guys doing special for this stream you got coming up? Uh, we're doing a bunch of interviews and a bunch of there's a bunch of crazy crap happening. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um yeah it'll be it'll be cool i think this is our second year kind of kind of doing it um and it's something that we kind of mi- felt i feel like we've missed out on that opportunity i mean well, a long time ago we talked about we've always wanted to try and do a festival of some sort but obviously this is not gonna happen now but sure, <laughs> um, right. uh but yeah but for me personally i've been i started uh, giving guitar lessons which has been really fun and a really a good way to kind of I don't know, make, keep music really fresh and keep me kind of on my toes, you know, with, with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have, I've, I've just been kind of just trying to work on music and try, trying to stay busy with, with that really. Uh, Dude, and insane, re- you know? So remind me, I, I remember seeing on the news at some point during, I think it was during the pandemic that like a huge tornado had hit Nashville. Was that during the yeah, pandemic? Dude. I remember like looking at it and being like, Holy shit. Like, I think Alex like lives like maybe in that area. And I'm like, I live, I live uh, like a block from oh my that. God. Um, from, well, from a lot of the destruction that happened. And I mean, I mean, well, the other thing I've been doing it. So I got really, obviously I live in a complex or, or it's a, a town, a complex of 20 townhomes. Sure. Uh, and we're all through the quarantine. We, you know, you couldn't go out. There's nowhere to go. Right. So we all, you know, would kind of hang out together. Uh, so we, so I became very close with all my neighbors Sure. and in part through that, I, I got on the HOA board and, oh, shit. <laughs> and yeah. hell yeah, some grown up shit. I love this. Yeah, for real. But it's crazy. We're still dealing with tornado damage. Like yeah. we're still trying to sort that out. I, I, I mean, it's not, it, there's damage outside of the tornado, but there, basically what I'm saying is that, and even still driving around my neighborhood, there's, there's buildings that are still, uh, that uh, were flattened. Or that they're still kind of trying to, you know, re- you know, bring back big venues there, or not big venue, but basement. Base yeah. yeah, we played there, and then is it like, gone? 
No, it's back I think now. I saved it. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. It's yeah, that was such now. a cool venue, and I saw that that got like like a wall of it got knocked out or something. Oh yeah, they got it fucked was up. Yeah, it got yeah. super fucked up, but it's it's back. They have shows there, or they have events there. They had sure. one, their opening or whatever the other day. I got. I have to say real quick. I feel like such a douchebag. So the the guy that produced uh, Black Lines, his name's Mike Sapone, and he's yeah. a, he's an amazing dude. He did. Um, he he has worked with Brand New and Take Back Sunday and all that. And we're working with him and doing Black Lines was so amazing. Such a such a fun, awesome experience. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, dude, it's crazy. I I I always think it's crazy to listen to people's story about being in like a fucking tornado. So I have two questions. I mean, oh, yeah. like, were, you, oh, well, were, you, were you shitting your pants so, while it was approaching? So, okay. I got to, this is, this is a whole other thing. So did, did you see it? No, I was in Atlanta. Recording. Oh, okay. Thank you. However, <laughs> so however, biggest uh, my, fear realized, dude, I can't, my girlfriend, I my girlfriend was here. My girlfriend was, or my ex now, but my girlfriend at the time was living here and she, she, lived through it and so any i don't know how much of it i should get into but i woke up at like from a friend calling a good friend of mine that lives in this area she's like hey i'm trying to you know i she's like i can tell you just woke up because this happened at midnight sure and i was i was dead ass asleep she calls me at like four or whatever in the morning she's like hey there was a tornado i'm trying to get to your girlfriend all the roads are are blocked uh i can't get a hold of her I'm just, I, you know, you got to just God. letting you know. And I'm like, like, wait, what? <laughs> I looked through my text and I have people from California texting me like, Hey dude, are you okay? Yeah. And all this huh. shit. And then I look at my, my, my girlfriend at the time, her, her, her text to me and her, her phone, she had, she was on, she could only really use Wi-Fi. Sure. She didn't have service in this area. So all of her texts were like, Hey, there's bad weather coming. Oh, I think it's actually going to get really worse. Oh, they're saying there, there might be a tornado coming. Oh, yeah, there's one or tornado watch. There's a tornado warning. It's getting really bad here. It's here. And that was it. That was literally the last thing she said to me was it's here. And and I couldn't call her. I couldn't get a hold of her. My friend couldn't get a hold of her. So I was like, I was like, shit. Now, then I'm, I'm looking at Twitter and all this. And I see my old apartment complex down the street. It's on CNN. It's like wrecked. And I'm like, oh shit, I got to go up there. I got to get up there now. And uh, I, I eventually called a, a neighbor of mine that I'd met, you know, a couple of weeks previous. I yeah. didn't really know him that well. I had to like DM him on Instagram. Yeah. I had, didn't have his number. I was like, hey dude, I don't know you can, that well. Can you, can you go knock on my front door? Yeah. And make sure the- <laughs> L- luckily our complex was fine. Relatively fine. My, my girlfriend at the time, she was, she was alive and, and, and fine. Oh. Um, no damage really, but I did drive up and yeah, the whole, it was, it was crazy. I can't, I can't imagine having to like go through a pandemic and then having to worry about like a tornado come barreling through my fucking apartment complex. Like, no, I mean, Nashville uh, really has had such like shit, had really a shit 2020 and like the, the bombing that happened in, on second half yeah, yeah. on Christmas day, fucking like God. it's, it's been, the city is definitely Dude, it's crazy because I I yeah. I barely saw that on the news, and it was like a big fucking deal. <laughs> oh yeah, in the city for sure. I was it was for sure. It was kind of. I mean, it's oh, kind of fucking crazy. I saw a bunch of about a bunch about it just because of the conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm excited to get. I'm excited to get down there. Fucking, you know. I mean, like, I moved to St. Louis. I think I told you that prior before. Like, we got on like the podcast call, but like, 
you know, I, I really want to get down to Nashville and check it out sometime. I've never been for whatever reason. I've never been to fucking Nashville. It just seems. Oh, like a, really? It seems like a crime. Like, so I'm gonna have oh. to. Come, I'm gonna have to come down and visit when the pandemic is. Yeah, up. please do. But yeah, let uh, me know. yeah, so I mean, we met at Emo Night LA, and I want to talk about that for a little bit. Just get like your thoughts on a couple different things. But uh, we got booked to play to open a Mayday Parade show at the Waiting Room in Omaha, Nebraska, which was really a fun time. And to be honest, I was really skeptical of how that would go for us because one, we don't play live music and we generally don't open for like bands we usually just hit play on spotify or some shit sure, sure. you know and two there was a barricade which is really like you know out of our element you know because we have like a ton of people up on stage with us all yeah the time. it was really new for us to do but we because we hadn't done it prior but i digress you know the point that i'm trying to make is like the mix between a live band and like a headlining show and having some party people open it up it's a really fucking cool idea. I had a blast. I think it was it was such a fun, unique environment that you guys created. Like what I appreciate what I appreciate about you guys is like you're trying to add value to like your guest experience each time they come to see you, not just like cobble together like the same experience for your fans oh, like, each time you're on the on the road. I mean, what was your guys' mindset going into that tour? I mean, it, first off, it must have been pretty nice headlining some shows all on your own, like <laughs> you know, not having to worry about like loading in openers and like you know you can mm-hmm. set your shit up. And walk away and come back and play a show later i mean but what was that what was that tour like for you guys yeah i think a lot of that actually we were super inspired by sad summer and yeah. kind of that uh a which lot is of an the, awesome concept I, I think we i think we played or we i know we opened a couple of those shows but we also did the after parties in some markets mm-hmm. so it was a really yeah. fun time yeah yeah well just like the especially seeing how the main kind of handled it where there's a lot of like fixtures and a lot of just like you said, elevating the fan experience, and kind of making it special yeah. so that people are, cause, and, and it's true, you know, I'm, I, I never really thought about it or put two and two together, but one of the last kind of things that shows I went to was in 2019 at this, this festival called Halloween in Florida. And it's kind of like a jam band, like DJ EDM kind of, it's just like a crazy festival people camp and it's just wild but at night there's like all these fixtures or i don't art installations i guess sure and it's it's insane it's just like it's about an experience the fan the fan is having just it's not just like seeing the, the band that they wanted to see anyway it's it's having all this other stuff going on so i think us all we, were, we like got really in tune with that and that's something that we wanted to to kind of bring to our shows because just for us, we get very comfortable and very um, easily will fall into a routine of doing the same, you know, sure. four band bill, yeah. you know, you're getting kind of the same show, the same experience. And I don't know. I mean, I know people enjoy that, but there's ways to make it a little bit better. Hell yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you guys did a bunch of like really unique shit on that tour too i mean you guys played a bunch of covers which is not something like a band like yeah. yours does very often i mean was it fun playing some of that stuff that isn't yours for like the first oh, time absolutely. on stage i mean was it like a nice change in pace from what you're used to oh totally it was awesome it was so much fun to play uh to play those songs especially play songs that like i don't know as a guitarist there were things where i'm like i wouldn't do this like this isn't something that i would i would do but in a good way, like I, it's pushing, pushing my boundaries, and I don't know, I, I, I loved it. It was. What was uh, your favorite cover to do? Um, off the top of my head, I don't know. I'd have to say, 
I'm not okay was really fun because there's a bitch and solo in that. So yeah, oh, yeah I was just dude. like Ray Toro solo in that. Like yeah. I remember being like <laughs> eleven, I think, trying to fucking yeah. nail that solo. The yeah. Have you been Could able to have you that. been able to nail it yet, Tom? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, yeah. That's good. Dude, that's like your second Ray Toro like reference in two like in two episodes back to back now. So I that's... just need to yeah, I need to high five. Need Ray to, Toro we, I need again. to get I'm gonna I'm gonna get you for your birthday next year, I'm gonna get you a, a, a cameo from Ray Toro if he's <laughs> on there. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt he's even on there. Oh man. But if you do that'd be great. Oh shit. Did you like going out and like doing emo night appearances around the country like do you yeah. enjoy doing that like as the guitarist you know oh for sure i love i enjoy it i'm i'm a very i'm not a very um I'm a, i can be very shy but i do enjoy i enjoy it because it's a, a lot of in a lot of ways and i don't know you you might not like to hear this but a lot of a lot of things that i like about it are that it's very low low risk Sure. You, you, the worst, and I've had like bad shit happen. Like, well, not bad shit, but like, I've stopped songs halfway through, or like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, not on purpose, or you know, or ha- have like super awkward things happen. And at the end of the day, I, I think in my head, like, it's fine. Yeah, dude. You know, I mean, I, like, we we even do fine. that. We do that from time to time, dude. I mean, we right. had, we had like the co-founder of like emo night on last week, TJ, and like he, mm. we we shared like stories back and forth of like absurd shit happening. I mean, like you talk about like shit pausing in the middle of the show, dude. Like we run off of like Wi-Fi on like ninety nine percent of those shows. Oh, I've had Lord. I've had Wi-Fi cut out in like the middle of our set before. It was like, yeah. oh shit! Like, what do we do? Yeah, I don't it's know how funny. many I don't know how many times we've ran the show off of my cell phone wi-fi as like a hotspot, like it's it's got to be more than 10 or 15 i don't know how many times i've said hey download that library so it's offline also it's got to be 10 or 15 yeah we've gotten close to it like being like a massive disaster but then like the last second like the wi-fi but there's something really fun about that too i like the i like that it's there it teeters constantly on this like who knows? It feels like the iPod just got disconnected at the party. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. but you know, Same it's vibe. crazy because like people act. I so I so this last Sunday I had it's it's not like an emo night, but it's it was a, a DJ set at a at a bar in town. Sure. And it was all emo music. It was me and Kevin from Cartel and Matt from the Pink Spiders. And yeah, I, I had that happen. I so Kevin, Kevin, actually, this is a great great example of this. <laughs> Kevin was like, "Hey, dude." I'm about to go. I have to use the bathroom. You know, you, the next song's yours. And I'm like, tight, cool. He's playing The Sweetness by, by uh, Jimmy World, right? Classic. But, and on the computer, our, our friend Joe Copeland, he uses Serato, I think it's called. Sure. And on the, on, the, on the computer, you see both decks going. Yeah. And they're both, they're both um, playing Sweetness. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shit, I don't know which one's which. And I, I don't know enough about the gear or whatever to figure out which one's which. So I kind of just was like, let's Fuck pick it. one. Got a Drag and drop, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I chose poorly. <laughs> I chose poorly. And then immediately, immediately, Kevin comes comes back and says, what the fuck, dude? And I'm like, I didn't mean to. I, I, dude, the I'm, amount of... 
I've done that at least three times to Austin. Like, uh, went to go throw a song in while something was playing, and he's like out there jamming, and it just stops. And he then all of a sudden, the crowd's like <laughs> completely quiet. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, we're at like five minutes into the party, <laughs> and, right, nobody, and yeah. you know, but nobody, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, nobody like, fucking it, cares. In the moment, they're like, whoa, but it, but yeah. it's, I, literally a second later, they're they're like, oh, I love this song. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah as really long as you play all. a banger next, it doesn't matter. Right. What you just they did. yeah, Emo Night's a blast. The worst thing is whenever whenever someone comes up and i'll ask for like a deep cut that you know is not going to go over oh, yeah, yeah. and you, you don't want to let them down you're like <laughs> right you like work it in yeah i like dude it's cut, never like, gonna happen. you have to you have to think like come on man just do i know you want to hear this and that's awesome Dude, like, I think my favorite thing about people coming up to the DJ booth and like asking things is like when people bring up something they've written down on like a piece of like bar paper and they spell everything wrong. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> oh dude, me, I have this it's picture. Off, uh, yeah, I'll have to send this picture to you. We had this person come up and like request uh, I write sins, not tragedies. Do you remember this? Oh. Time? And dude, it was like. It was like it a, had to be was, deciphered. Yeah, I was like, "What the?" F-? It took us hours. Yeah. Like, we were like, "What are they trying?" I think, to I think, I, I think it was so bad. I think I saved it in like a memory box that I have. <laughs> I'm gonna frame that someday. But uh, that's awesome. I mean, is emo not something you think you would do on your own if you weren't DJing? I mean, I love asking that question because the answer for me is yes. Like, I love this music. I love these people. I mean, like, the oh, like go do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it? for sure, for sure. Oh, I would, yeah, uh, especially here in Nashville. I, I don't think especially here in Nashville, because it's such a, it's a little bit different here because I feel like it's all, it's all like people my age or sure. like slightly younger that are like, we're all friends. And this is kind of, yeah. it, honestly, that's what I was saying. Like last Sunday at my, at my friend's bar called Lucky's in Nashville, Lucky's three star. got to do a little promo. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> I think I've seen you post about it on Instagram. A yeah. Times. And, well, I mean, I don't know. It was like literally a fr- another friend of mine was saying, like she walked into the bar and it's like the first time in a long time where she's like, I know pretty much everyone in here. <laughs> and it's, it's such oh. a fun, like that's such a good like community to For have, sure. you know? Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like our hometown like is, is really going to be lacking a spot like that, you know, because a lot of places have closed during the pandemic, you know? Oh, like, I know. It's kind of crazy. Not only just like bars and shit like that, but like venues and like the one fifty to like three fifty capacity range are just like, you know, I've been like kind of like ramping up this last week, dude. It's com- the Midwest is decimated. Like, there's like no yeah, way to do shows. I, it's gonna be really crazy. I know a lot of places in Tallahassee where I'm from closed permanently. In Nashville, I mean, we, I, I think for better or worse, you know, the they open things up pretty quickly and i mean it helps that you guys are like the music capital of the world too you know (laughs) yeah well that that, it does and but as far as i know nothing really there were there were like restaurants that there were like two of you know they had like a a a secondary branch that they had opened recently that shut those shut down but the original was still still stayed right open but other than that you know most things that I know, uh, not compared to other cities, most days, most things that I know kind of were able to withstand the everything, which is 
which was awesome, you know. Nothing short of a fucking miracle, <laughs> you know. But, well, yeah. I mean, we mentioned Omaha a minute ago, so let's talk about this for a second because every guest that we have on here somehow has a tie back to Omaha, and your tie back to Omaha is your guitar tech, Nick Vera. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> uh, he's from Omaha. He texted me right, be- right before this. Such actually. a fucking but, small yeah. world. I love that he's out with you guys. I've watched mm. him play in bands, and, like, I've grown up with him. I've spent a lot of time with him. I spent a lot of my time in my 20s with Nick just, like, smoking weed and just being a f- just talking about the most absurd shit so did tommy like i think we both had the same experience but i mean what's your i have to ask what's your most favorite thing about touring with nick any hilarious stories that you can share I, with there, us about nick? there are a million hilarious oh. stories but i none i can disclose oh, I, I i'm, I'm there there i think he's as far as i know he's kind of chilled out a little bit but when and and also too i think we we got him on his like downside of like raging yeah but yes, this absolutely the, the, <laughs> yeah. the stories i've heard in his past i'm like oh yeah no we would not have we <laughs> you would have been so gone but, but well how about uh, nick nick told me to ask about a story that maybe you can share he said sure. to ask you about the ireland fairy story he said oh. it would be an entertaining one oh lord okay so <laughs> this is not. we don't know no, it's super it's it's i hope it's entertaining i hope i can tell it well uh. so we're we were we were playing in in the uk we had just played in birmingham and then we were had to take a ferry had to drive the bus to through wales to to get a, i don't know the, the port city or whatever but in wales to go across the i don't even know what that that little strip of water is to get to dublin yeah to get to dublin and it's that's kind of it's like very routine it's something that you know and it's it's so non not no stress no whatever it's just what and in fact to the point that we've done this we've done this should i keep going yeah yeah, okay uh we've done this so many times where uh a lot of times people will have kind of the, uh, our bus driver hates it. Bus drivers hate it, but they'll kind of, they kind of look at, you know, they kind of look away, but we'll kind of be like, well, some of us can stay on the bus. Some of us will stay on the bus to sleep because we don't, we can't be fucked to get up. So we'll, we'll stay on the bus and some, and others will don't want to do that. And we'll wake up go and kind of yeah. go upstairs. And obviously you're not, you're not allowed to, you're, it's a big, big no, no to stay on the bus, but yeah. Like I said, the bus drivers often will kind of look away. I'm I am a wimp, and I'm like, no way am I going to do that. So I always go up. Anyway, it's fine. We're all kind of in this maybe seven in the morning, eight in the morning. Everyone's kind of getting settled. There's a ton of people on this ferry, and there. Are, I don't know if you've ever been on a ferry like this, but it's yeah. You know, there. It's almost like you're in a big food court. You know what I mean? Sure. Like multi-tiered food court, and it's that many people that you can imagine in a mall food court. And the same, you know, basically, I love it because I love English breakfast, so I always get a big breakfast, and a bunch of us all got kind of got big, big breakfasts, hearty, you know, beans, eggs, toast, all that. Yeah, I love it. I love, I love it. That is my shit. It's it's good. It's it's good. It's just weird to say that it's good. You know what I mean? It's like I want to hate it. I want to hate it so bad, but it's like low key a really good fucking (laughs) breakfast. (laughs) So the we the ferry goes underway, and there's no warning. That no no one said anything, at least not to my knowledge. It was kind, you know, and they're always it's always the same. You know, you pop in headphones, you kind of sleep on your rest your head on your sleep on your uh, backpack and just kind of zone out. Well, maybe 30 minutes to 45 minutes into this, 
it just starts feeling like like a little like a little too rocky you know like like oh wow this is this we're we're on a boat for sure we're definitely we're on a boat and then it keeps it gets getting worse and worse and eventually eventually it's kind of like well i don't feel so good and i don't like people you can't really stand up it's so bad that like if you stand up you're you're stumbling and eventually it gets so bad where plates are plates start start crashing oh, and, the, and the stewards and stewardesses I, I, I guess it's the attendants or whoever whatever the term is they're kind of like haha you know like kind of playing it off but you can tell that they're like they're kind of like trying to keep everything under control eventually it gets so bad people are like visibly starting to get kind of like afraid oh, and i'm like i in my head i'm like is just staring out one of the windows looking trying to find the horizon as it passes you know oh like god and feeling like I, i've had actually believe it or not i've had an experience where i felt like i was going to die at sea so this is another one of those where i'm like well this could this is getting kind of dicey and and then you start seeing people kind of get up get up and rush rush as best they can oh, to the bathroom god. everybody's and, puking those rice, oh. those, those very same beans and toast, and <laughs> and <laughs> so then it's like I, I remember looking at Gabby, our bassist Jeremy, and I'm like, him and I are kind of like we're we're in this together. We're like we're gonna make, we're gonna be okay, and like man, we're with man overboard as well, and we're all kind of like looking at each other, like we're all good. But there's other people that are like Fully like freaking yeah yeah like screaming like screaming. For, there was a family a, fa- a family that was their English is not their first language and they were they were in a corner and they were they had an older woman with them and the older woman had uh, fainted oh, and so God. they're like screaming for the for the uh, attendant to come yeah. help I guess to maybe bring water or whatever what have you and then it gets really bad because I start looking around and people are like can't can't be asked to make it to the bathroom and they're like throwing up like oh, in the area fuck and it dude. really it it really Jesus. felt, to be honest with you, it felt like, it felt like um, the beginning, op- the opening for Saving Private Ryan, especially oh, like a yeah. part where yeah. there's like like a bomb goes off and there's there's that ringing and yeah. you can't like hear anything, but you can just like look or, look around and you just see like everywhere you look, you see a different scene of, of mayhem <laughs> and terror. <laughs> Dude, have you ever and, have you ever been in like really bad like? like turbulence on like an airplane. oh yeah yeah fuck that's like the I same it's like the same the, for me dude the things fell out of the sky and i had a moment like that where oh I was like, no oh where like, the oxygen bags come down like, Shit. The ox- like the plane dropped like probably more that it felt like like five feet or something probably more than that and like the difference in pressure of it like dropping that quickly caused the system to deploy and the, the pilot came on like quickly and was like don't worry about that. Just push them back up in. It's like, <laughs> it's like we're good. We're good. <laughs> Are you sure? oh, like, I don't. I don't know what it is, but I. I swear, I swear to you that ever since, like, within the past five, six years, and continually, as I think this is, you know, not to get political or anything, but I think it's as it shouldn't be political anyway. But as global warming is getting worse and worse, I swear, turbulence, especially oh. going over the sea overseas is getting worse and worse. One of the last times I went to Australia, oh, it felt like not like nonstop 14 hours of just bad. Yeah, bad, like not, not like, uh, you know, but just like bad turbulence. 
Jesus. To, to where every time I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. I cannot. I can't. Dude, those I long can't flights do it. are rough when they're like that. Just constant. Like you, you don't sleep and then you got to go straight into like a string of shows and you're just yeah. like wrecked from it. I do want to I do want to say something though with the fairy thing. So as bad as that got, I think eventually it calmed down. Eventually it calmed down. Yeah. And the only thing that I could think was what about what happened to the people in the bus? Because there were people that oh, stayed, like yeah. Derek oh, Brooks, yeah, uh, uh, one of the guys from Man Overboard, and then our our photographer Tom Falcone. He stayed in the bus. We and in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to be like Lord of the Flies in there. Yeah. Like they're going to be like <laughs> you, you know, just throw up everywhere, sorry. all over the. You it's know. not funny. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but they they uh, apparently, they, and, and I think they're lying. I I swear they're lying. But they're like, it was fine. It was just like kind of rocky. Uh, like the fuck it was. It was. I would have been terrified. You should have stayed in the fucking bus, man. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that's the same. Maybe because they were lower. Because the bus bay is like way. It was because lower. they they were lower and they were. I think they were lower, closer to the center, and they were laying flat. And I think I think the way that they were laying was was better. Because I uh, believe believe me, we had to take that fair. So we we landed into or got. I don't know, landed in Dublin, had to play a show that immediately pretty much, and then get back on the same ferry back to go back to England. That all with all within less than 24 hours. Ugh. So believe me, we were all looking up how to mitigate against awful, you know, whatever, seasickness. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we became experts. Yeah. Jesus. Can you, uh, dude, before we before we get into that, I just have to mention, dude, I would hate to be the person that had to clean that fucking boat up. Like, if you're talking oh, about like multiple Lord. people puking everywhere, like that's not. A, that's I mean, a, that's it a was a nightmare day at work. <laughs> it was near nearly every single person that I was around. Like, I didn't see anybody that I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, Tom. My bad. I didn't mean. To no, you're cool. I would definitely quit if I was that guy. <laughs> I'd be like, like, yeah, I'm out. Fuck this. <laughs> can't pay me enough well sp speaking of traveling and you know being over in europe and the uk nick said you like to travel a lot so mm -hmm. is there any favorite spots that you've come across along the way that you consider like a little home away from home i honestly i get a lot of i don't get i don't get hate but the other guys in the band aren't the biggest fans of traveling maybe i shouldn't say it like this i'd rather let me say it let me let me Crazy like this. I, going back to, I love going to England. England is is the most comfortable place to me for me to to go to, other than uh, traveling in the U.S. Sure. And a lot of it, really, I mean, I going back to it, I love that breakfast. I love, and it's a lot of times it's twenty four seven. You can get it wherever and whenever. And it's just, I don't know. I grew up like loving loving English culture, yeah. watching English shows, loving English, only pretty much exclusively liking English bands loving everything about it and every time i go there i just i'm like this is this is my place yeah. um, do you fuck with funeral for a friend like do you like that band i i, I was never that crazy about them i oh, when dude, i yeah like my favorite english band i guess they're like welsh i guess they're not english but mm -hmm. welsh you know same thing but yeah my I, favorite I, spots over there is edinburgh and scotland is oh like, yeah that's one of my must go back to chill out for like a few days off. Yeah, like didn't you spend a bunch of time there? Like after you graduated like high a school? Week, yeah. yeah, yeah, I spent like I a week. It's not in, a bunch, but well, like I spent like four months in Europe and the UK just backpacking, <laughs> but like a week in Edinburgh specifically. But I do, I, I love Europe as well. Like a continent yeah. of Europe is just anywhere is so much fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Well, let's uh, let's wrap up, man. Thank you for um, <clears throat> thank you for being on the show today, man. I feel like we yeah, had a really, really good conversation. We usually end the episode with a couple quick hitters, so I have like a couple written sure. down here. So we'll we'll go through them quick. But yeah, again, man, thanks for coming on. I feel like yeah, I say it every pleasure. episode, dude. I learned a lot about you today. It's it's a yeah. it's always a fun time being able to uh, sit down, especially during this time where I feel like I'm craving social interaction at like an all time high, like. I can't wait to go to like the baseball game tomorrow and like just chat up whoever's like pouring my beer. Like it's gonna be a great time. It's gonna be fucking amazing. You're gonna Cardinal be an absolute Punisher tomorrow. Oh yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm a huge Cardinals fan. Okay, cool. That'll be fun. That'll be Fuck a lot yeah. So okay, let's get into these quick hitters, man. All right, uh, Talis. Just give me one word answers, or just pick one or the other. But Tallahassee or Nashville? Where Where do you like to live? Uh, Which one is better? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Tallahassee. I, I love it, but I also really love it here. I don't know. I can't pass. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. A lesson in romantics or Sunnyland? Sunnyland, easy. <laughs> Favorite venue to play in the states? Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you like it so much? Is it just oh, like it, you, people you guys pop? Have, people yeah. pop yeah. off there. Yeah, that's a bucket list venue for me. Like I, like I, I crossed off one of mine like right before the pandemic. Like I really wanted to go see a show at First Avenue <clears throat> in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. Oh yeah, and we played a show at like their sister venue called Fine Line. Like right before the pandemic hit, I think it was like a month before like the shit shut down. And like we saw Thrice there that night. It was super dope. Ooh. Really, really fucking cool. That's great. Favorite band to tour with. Favorite band to tour with. I would say they're not together anymore. But Rockets to the Moon was oh yeah such a pleasure those all those those four guys were just Classic the best people band, man man you're setting me back a couple of years that they haven't been around for a while have they no but i yeah i'm i actually saw andrew and justin recently and it's like man these people i love these people yeah that's <laughs> sick that's sick that band's awesome yeah. favorite place to eat in nashville oh uh two so 210 jack this is very controversial i actually got into a fight today about this it's, it's a, very it's a controversial. Hot, hot topic then. Let's let's hear it. It really is because there's three ramen places in Nashville that are like that are no, notable. Sure. There's Tutin Jack, Otaku, and a place called Black Dynasty. I Otaku is everyone's like number one. Mm-hmm. Black Dynasty is kind of like the low key number one place. Sure. Tutin was kind of the first one that was everyone like lost their shit over and. Now everyone kind of neglects that, but to me, I don't. I don't eat meat, so their their veggie ramen is so 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 good. Oh, and I had it the other day. You're vegan. And I was you're like, vegan too, aren't you? No, no, no. But, I'll eat. Yeah. Well, I'm pescatarian. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's sick. yeah, that's sick, dude. I yeah, uh, <clears throat> I haven't had. Man, I hate to say this, but I have not had ramen during the pandemic. It's been like I feel like it's, it's something. So it, yeah, I feel I feel like I it's something. What's that? Yeah. Like I've made it for myself, but I haven't gotten it. Well, dude, I feel like it's something that you have to go and like sit down and eat somewhere. Like I feel like if you get it to go, it's like nowhere near as good. You know, and I don't want to like not support. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. You can't get it like getting it to go. In fact, last time I had Black Dynasty, I had to get it to go and they were like, it's going to, it's not going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's you don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, please dude, don't. Yeah. That's like on like the, like getting that in like Indian food is probably like the yeah. top. You don't like Indian food, Tom? Yeah. No, getting it to go. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It, I, I can't wait to eat both. Like it's been a long mm-hmm. time for both. I don't know why I'm dude. I say this every episode too, but I still haven't eaten dinner. So I'm fucking, I'm yeah. fucking yeah. starving, <laughs> dude. I can't wait. 
But all right. Well, Alex, thanks for joining the podcast today, man. It was good to catch up. And uh, Austin, Tommy, thank you for having me. Dude, man. yeah, we'll have to Guys. extend yeah. some offers out for some email nights when we get back here. I, I think Please. I think we'll probably be doing some stuff before the end of the year. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure the touring circuit's probably going to be like not all super hectic. If you get out to do something, it's probably going to be pretty limited. So let's let's yeah. let's throw some parties, man. Let's get back out. Have yeah, some, totally. Have at at any point. And, yeah, at man. any point and if you come to nashville i mean we'll do yeah it's what time, it's yeah. like what five hours away from from st louis i don't even think it's that i because i drove i drove for that emo night that uh oh yeah it's like maybe it was like i want to say three hours oh honestly. shit okay from nashville to st louis is only three hours i think it, it was something doable it, it was like damn that's maybe pretty, I, yeah. I mean maybe we'll, let's split the difference say four yeah my, my friend from <laughs> my friend from uh straight from the path tom uh williams lives there now too and i kind of want to come i kind of want to like bug him and yeah and get a drink Dude, with let's him do or a nashville trip i'm t- meaning to go out that way for a minute i got i got lots of homies in nashville to go see i, I know yeah. this really doesn't matter but like we're picking up a bunch of markets for emo night like out that way like i think we're picking mm-hmm. up memphis and cincinnati and like indianapolis or indianapolis i didn't never remember how to say that correctly and then like I think Louisville was one of them too. So like, mm-hmm. we'll be like down in that area for sure. So right on. Yeah. So yeah. But all right, Alex, well, thanks for coming on. If you guys want to check us out on social media, check us out at left off pod on Twitter. And then on Instagram, you can search us at the, where we left off podcast. Same for Facebook until next time, have a great week and we will see you soon. And that's our show. If you like what you heard on this episode and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe to our pages. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can also find us on social media, too, at LeftOffPod on Twitter. And just simply search our name on Facebook or Instagram, the Where We Left Off Podcast. See you next time.